Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. This is Gray, and I'm here with Emmy-nominated TV and feature writer Sterling Anderson. How are you doing, Sterling? Hey, Gray. <laughs> and of course, uh, this is your second time on the podcast. You were on podcast 53, and this is podcast 77 now. So uh, it's been been a little bit of, of time, but uh, I think it's going to be great to have you back, specifically because in the last podcast, we talked a lot about your your life and your path in the industry. And we also talked about your, your first book, Beyond Screenwriting. Um, but this is going to let us get in more depth. Um, and specifically, I want to talk about your other writing book, 15 Steps, and, uh, and also talk about the Sterling Writers Group, a new approach to consulting, which is really, really exciting. Yes. Um, so first of all, why don't, we, why don't we talk about 15 steps toward becoming a successful screenwriter, and that screen is in brackets because I think this, could, this is applicable to a lot of different pursuits. Tell me about why you wanted to write this book. Um, you know, I had a personal experience where uh, an, a friend of mine who wanted to be an actor came to uh, Los Angeles, and because we are tied by family, uh, I wouldn't call it an obligation, but I, I, I would call it um, a convenience to help him, um, mentor him. And um, so he came to live with me, and, like family, you know, great guy, great kid, love him. Um, and with the desire to be a successful actor, uh, I noticed that he just was doing nothing about that. And I'd come home every night and he'd be doing something else like hanging out with his buddies, watching the ball game. And so kind of out of self-defense, I wrote a list of things down and I said, if you do these things, these 15 things, I guarantee that you will be successful. But if you don't do them, I'm going to ask you to move out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a win-win situation for myself. But um, so lo and behold, uh, I say about two years later, he was on the cover of People magazine. Uh, Forty um, most beautiful men or, or women. Forty most beautiful people in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He'd starred in um, a couple big movies like James Bond and uh, Torque, a couple other TV shows like uh, Witchblade. And he gave me my list back, and he said, thank you. Wow. So what I did was I uh, gave that list um, to a friend of mine. He said, you should, you should make it a, a, a speech or a seminar. And um, so I was invited to a couple well-known film schools like Columbia University, USC, and I decided to uh, make it a lecture. Well, uh, when I got to Eastern Michigan University, I did the 15 steps in a class in one of the film studies class. And one of the professors, an old friend of mine, Dr. Douglas Baker, William Douglas Baker, 
loved the, the lecture so much, he said, why don't we collaborate and uh, make this a book? And I said, sure. So I sent him all my notes, and we went back and forth, and lo and behold, we had, um, you know, published a book, which is now, now called uh, Writing Without Fear, The 15 Steps to Becoming a Successful Artist Slash Writer. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I should mention it's available as an ebook from sterlingwritersgroup.com. Um, so absolutely. I, I feel it's a tremendous, tremendous book. Uh, I practically wanted to memorize it. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and the reason for that is because in, in a lot of the people who watch the podcast and who I interact with on Twitter uh, through the TV Writer Chat group on Sunday nights, um, we're a lot of us in the same boat where... We've had the desire for a long time to, to be a writer, but life got in the way. Right. And whether it be through supporting our families, whether it be through having to maintain some kind of a, a paycheck to, to pay our rent and that kind of thing, we, our, our ship gradually is going in the wrong direction. And over time, it gets further and further and further away from our goal. Right. Um, and what I really saw in this book was... Um, how how to break past a lot of our self sabotage in mm -hmm. in a lot of these things that the, these walls that we've put up that really are keeping us from what we really want to do. Right. Well, life always gets in the way, always, and um, sometimes you can find tools. So like you, you can find tools to build a cabinet, or you can find tools to um, work on your car. And I wanted to come up with a book that was the tools for an artist, whether you're a musician, writer, poet, painter, tools that would help artists understand that um, art, whether it be, you know, being an actor or a writer, is a job. And it requires work, you know, like they say, um, 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration. And so um, I wanted to write a book of, that would um, give a person the tools to not let life get in the way. Mm. And, and some of them are kind of surprising. I, I, I know the chapter on making your bed. Yes. I mean, nobody would think making your bed had anything to do with a career in, in writing. Tell me about that particular one. A mentor of mine um, said something to me. It was really interesting, and it was kind of like the uh, the Yoda moment or the you know the grasshopper grandmaster moment, where he said, um, "If you do nothing the entire day, make your bed. First thing you do is make your bed." And I was like, "I don't understand that." He says, "Just make your bed. When you get up in the morning, make your bed." And I said, why? He said, because th that's the first step to having done something that day. So at least you can look back on that day and said, I made my bed. Well, he was tricking me <laughs> because what it really meant, the grandmaster was teaching the grasshopper, is that one act leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. So if by making my bed, my bed was made, you know, I actually looked around and I picked up the clothes in my room. 
And then I uh, went over to my journal and I opened it up and I wrote something down and then I made a phone call. So making your bed is the first step and um, my rule in my life is that my work day starts when I make my bed. Mm. So if I don't want my work day to start, I don't make my bed. But the second I make my bed, my work day has started. Very, very cool. There's a lot of other, other things in, in your book that are very much about our, our motivation. Um, you talk about uh, having a sustainable motivation. Right. How important is that? It's, it's really important. In fact, I was just talking to a, uh, a young writer about that uh, last week. And um, my writing career, the launching pad for my writing career was actually negative. I was in college and I was working really hard uh, in an English class. And the professor, uh, he said he doesn't give A's and he, uh, you know, if you're an A student, get out of his class. And he doesn't like jocks. And I was, uh, went to college to play basketball. And so I knew he didn't like me, but I, I didn't want to fail his class. So I went to him and I said, look, if I rewrite my papers, um, can I raise my grade? So every time I wrote a paper and I got a C or C minus, I'd write it again and write it again and write it again. And one day in the rain, I drove all the way out to his house to deliver a paper and he met me on the porch and he said, why are you doing this? Why are you trying so hard? You'll never be a writer. Oh. And that was a seminal moment for me. But that was a negative moment. And unfortunately, if someone doesn't believe in you or someone challenges you and you say, I will show you, what are you left with once you've shown them? Okay? You're not left with much. But if you do something for the love of it, for your own self-gratification, that's sustainable. Doing it for negative reasons is not sustainable. So like, you know, the truth is, um, it, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, most really successful multimillionaires will tell you that their job did not make them millionaires. Their hobby did. So um, there's a connection between always doing something that you love and success. Mm. And, and another thing that uh, really seems to be emphasized in your book is to not let a day go by without doing certain things, um, right. to make every single day count. Uh, one of the things you mentioned was um, doing something each day to advance your craft. Exactly. Um, and, and so... And the other, th the other thing you were talking about is, uh, is to emulate a writer that you admire and to make that a daily thing. Talk, talk about why this everyday thing is important. Well, um, um, it's really important because the, the steps you take towards your career have to be linear. You know, um, if like, for example, my son, uh, who's a musician, he wanted to get a job and he wanted to work at a fast food restaurant. I said, no, if you're a musician, go sweep the floor at A&R Records. You know, walk towards your goal. And for me, 
um, I found it um, really important to not let a day go by where I didn't try to do something to advance my career. So I'm a writer. Every day I write something. Um, or if I didn't write something, I'd call somebody about my writing. Um, if I didn't call somebody about my writing, um, I had a friend over to talk about writing. Um, every single day I did something to um, improve and take a step, whether it's tiny or gigantic, towards my end goal. And um, after a while, you look back and you've taken many steps. And the distance between your goal um, is not so far away because each day you've strived or strided towards that goal. Mm. I know, like, for example, um, building this new company, the Sterling Writers Group, I say, okay, well, I have to do something each day to make that happen. Even though I'm writing a movie right now for a major, major studio, I have something else want, I want to accomplish. So it you know, whether it's designing the website or making a phone call um, to someone who designs websites, you know. If you're a piano player or you're a painter, um, even if you read about painters that you admire, that's something you've done that day to um, step towards your career. Very, very cool. And, and another thing, especially as we're talking about self-sabotage, and a lot, a lot of what's really our biggest challenge is inside of us. Um, you, you talk a lot in your book about, um, about say, saying your goals and dreams aloud. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about um, thinking good thoughts. Right. Uh, how important is it to control that inner monologue? Oh, it's very important. You know, and, and the first step of do, being successful at anything is owning it. Um, lawyers who commit to going to law school, um, they, they own it. They, they make that commitment. You know, my cousin is a fireman. He, you know, he studied for his EMT. He, he devoted his life towards becoming a fireman. But, but inside, he owned it first. He said, I will be this. And I have met a lot of actors along the way where I would say to them, you know, what do you do? And they'd drop their head, you know, and, and examine their feet in shame and, and, and sort of mutter, I'm an actor. I say, what? Uh, you know, and those people didn't become successful as fast as the people who throw their shoulders back and say, I'm an actor. Because you have to own it first. You have mm. to be proud of it. You know, you have to. You have to stop listening to the naysayers, uh, the people who are saying, you know, that's too difficult or that's too hard. When someone tells me, hey, I just um, applied to medical school, I don't say to them, oh, that's too hard. No one ever makes it at medicine. I always say, oh, great, fantastic. And that's how we writers, artists, we, that's how we should feel when we um, decide we're going to make our art our life's work. We have to own it first. That's the biggest step. Then the second step is, you know, word made flesh. Say it every day. Say I am an artist. Say I'm a writer. Because whether you um, would um, like to believe it or not, things you say 
um, whether good or bad, probably will come true. A good example. I would say 99.99999% of all divorces start with the word divorce. Someone brings it up. Mm. And lo and behold, that's what happen, happens. Um, but if you say something like, uh, you know, uh, I, for, I saw a, a Bruce Lee movie when I was 14 years old. And I said to myself, I want to do that. Well, I didn't know how I, I was going to do that. I didn't know where to do it. I didn't even know what he was doing. But I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a karate champion. And, well, within four years, I was, you know, um, fighting in my first Pro-Am Invitational Karate Tournament um, in Reno, Nevada, which I won. Very cool. So, um, so in, in that sense, for... For somebody who um, who wants to be a working TV writer, what what are the kind of affirmations that they can do? What what are the things that they should be saying versus what they shouldn't be saying? Um, well, the first thing you I, I tell people is um, find someone who's doing exactly what you want to do. Hone in on that that person um, persons that woman, that, that man, that's doing exactly what you want to do. Read everything you, there is to read about them. You know, like if you're um, an actor um, and you admire Morgan Freeman, you know, go read his bio. Read about his mistakes and his successes. And sometimes that's a shortcut to not making the same mistakes. Um, and it's also inspiration, you know. Zero in on the people that are doing what you want to do and find out how they did it. And a lot of times you'll be su surprised because people who are truly successful will share their success with you. Um, when I wanted to be a winemaker in Napa Valley, I called uh, Robert, the late Robert Mondavi and I said, would you take some time to meet with me and talk about wine? He said, absolutely. He didn't know me from Adam, and we developed a relationship, and he was really instrumental in my, on my wine and food career. Same with Joseph Phelps at Joseph Phelps Winery. Uh, my asking Joseph Phelps would he spend some time with me ended up in an apprenticeship at his winery in which I got to live at his house with him and do almost every job at the winery. So, you know, um, to reel that all together and make it make sense, you, you, you really have to um, um, know what it is you want to do, study the people who are doing what you want to do, and start taking those steps uh, using their examples, bad examples or good examples of what, it, what, what they did. Mm. Yeah, I know um, a lot of people would love to be Michael Jordan, but if they really knew his training regimen... Right. Um, it, it, they they wouldn't be willing to put in the actual hours and dedication that it would take to to be it. And, and I think sometimes we have that as a, as a writer. Um, I would love to be this person, but we don't actually study. Well, what I, what would it uh, logistically take for me to to get to that point? Yeah. 
Well, when I was wanting to be a writer, I read a, a story about a writer, um, Ron Bass. And it turns out, um, I'm not going to be absolutely accurate on this story, but I do recall that he was a lawyer. And he used to, he wanted to write screenplays. So what he'd do is he'd get up at four or five in the morning and he'd write a, a, a screenplay, a part of a screenplay. Then he'd take his kids to school and then he'd go to work and become a lawyer, what he did. And I thought that was really fascinating how uh, he carved out enough time in his day to do what he truly wanted to do, even if it was just an hour or two. And lo and behold, he's one of the most successful screenwriters of our generation. Mm, very cool. And, I, and before we leave the book, one other thing that I wanted to talk about was about goals. Um, in, in your book, you don't just mention uh, the expected advice we would all expect is, is that uh, you advise that we need to have specific goals. But then you also talk about saying them aloud. Why is that important? Saying your goals aloud? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, well, it's quantum physics, actually. <laughs> you hear yourself, everything is a sound. And if you hear yourself saying positive things, and you, um, it's reinforcement. Um, it sets off certain synapses in your brain. And sometimes we consciously or subconsciously start doing those things that we say out loud. You know, um, I will be a successful writer. I'll be a successful writer. Even if I'm fishing, that makes a difference in, um, you know, what I'm going to do consciously or, or unconsciously that month. Mm. It's, it's interesting that when you, when you read about magic, there's always words that put that magic into power. And, it, and I think there's a connection there because even though the person might be a very powerful magician, we just don't believe until they've spoken something right, right. that there's going to be any power happening. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, um, affirmations are important. You know, not... Uh, um, you, you say, I will, I can. You know, not so much I want. Uh, I, I think there's really two ways of a powerful manifestation. And one is athletes do it, um, tennis players, uh, baseball players. They sit in a, uh, in, in a quiet room, open eyes or close eyes, and they say, I will hit the ball. I will hit the ball. I will hit the ball in the sweet spot. I will hit the golf ball in the sweet spot. Over and over and over and over again. And then when they get out there, it's almost ingrained in them that they'll hit the jump shot or hit the ball. Um, and that's a way of um, programming yourself to manifest what you want to accomplish. I think the highest form of manifestation is actually no doubt. When you say to, some, to yourself, done, I've already done that, with no doubt. Mm. You know, you see something like I when I, like I said when I saw my first uh, uh, Bruce Lee movie, I walked out of there at 14 years old, going, "That's done. I'm going to do that. I don't know how, but it's done." And I just went about my day. Four years later, I became a karate champion. The same thing happened to me when I read my first screenplay. A friend of mine sent me a screenplay um, written by Jill Westerhouse, 
and I read it, and I said to myself, you know what? I've always been an athlete, and um, at this point in my life, in my late 20s, uh, I don't run as fast as the fastest man in the world. I don't jump as high as the man who can jump the highest. And I don't hit the bar as, uh, the, the ball as far as, you know, Barry Bonds or whoever hits the ball the farthest. I said, but I can do this. I really can do this. This is done. All I have to do is learn the craft, and I'm going to do that. There was no doubt that I was going to do it. I mean, there was no doubt. And... Uh, I wrote my first screenplay, and someone told me it was horrible. And I put that screenplay aside, and I wrote another screenplay, and someone told me it was really good. Very, very cool. So 15 steps, uh, writing without fear, 15 steps toward becoming a successful screen writer. Artist. Artist. <laughs> slash. Um, and they can find that at Sterling Writers Group. Sterlingwritersgroup.com, which actually is where we'll, we'll head now, talking about sterlingwritersgroup.com. Um, this new Sterling Writers Group is different. It's different than the other consultants and coverage, service, coverage, coverage services out there. How is it different and why did you want to start this? Well, uh, the why I want to start it is interesting. Um, uh, when I was writing the Coretta Scott King story, something was mentioned to me about one of the famous civil rights leaders said, if not me, then who? And, um, well, uh, to be honest with you, the seed was planted uh, years and years and years ago. Um, I went to a screenwriting workshop. And at the time, I was writing a movie for uh, TriStar Pictures. And why I ended up at the screenwriting workshop, I don't know why. Well, actually, I lost the bet. And I sat in the audience, and I um, listened to the, the speaker. And I was writing a movie called Dance Theater Harlem at the time. Um, Stacy Snyder was the executive, Amy Bear. And um, Taylor Hackford was set to direct the film. And I sat in the audience at this uh, screenwriter's workshop, and I listened to this guy, and I kept going, no, no, that's not true. No, that's not true. No, that's true. This was years and years and years ago. And I did some research, and I realized the person who was doing this workshop had never sold a screenplay, uh, never been hired to write a screenplay, but had as a, I quote-unquote, failed writer tapped into becoming a teacher. Well, the interesting thing about this profession, uh, screenwriting, is unlike any other profession in the world, um, it's screen consulting, screen uh, coverages are done by nameless, faceless people who you don't know who their, what their credits are, um, what their qualifications are. For example, I had a script coverage covered when I was uh, 20 years ago um, by a huge agency, and the coverage came back to me, and I read it. Um, I ended up signing with the agency. They said that I was the next, uh, I was a young August Wilson, but um, th there was this name on the coverage, and um, it was like Bob. Bob wasn't an agent. Bob wasn't someone that was going to... Um, uh, champion my uh, my career. Bob was just a reader, 
And I found out that every agency had readers. Every production company had readers. And those readers who had no experience in making films or writing films were uh, paid a certain amount of uh, dollars to just recommend a script based on if they liked it or not. A little side story. Um, I got a hold of some script coverages that said this screenplay was horrible. It was the worst screenplay I've ever read in my life, you know. And um, one of them was Dumb and Dumber, oh, wow. <laughs> which made you know a god awful amount of money. You know, I read these coverages of of, of, of uh, uh, readers had said this was the worst screenplay I've ever read in my life, and they became box office hits, which was fun. I I, I kept a bunch of those, which was fun. Well. Um, Years and years, years ago, the seed was planted inside me. I was like, why don't people who are actually successful in the business teach the business? And it took me years to discover that the reason screenwriters, uh, uh, television and feature screenwriters, don't do workshops or mentor is they're busy working. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided uh, to have a go at teaching screenwriting while I was working. And so I got a job at a film school and I started teaching while I was writing for a television show. One day I showed up and I said to my class, you know what, I can't teach you anything in this room. All of you come with me to the set and I can teach you more than you'll ever be able to learn in one, two, three, four, five semesters. So I brought my students to the set. Wow. And it was, uh, it was successful. They learned a lot about the business that wasn't in any book, you know? And um, uh, one of those students yeah, I ran into at a, a film festival in Texas, and he said, Mr. Anderson, that was the most enlightening, most, uh, he said, uh, inspiring class he'd ever had in his life and he's now a successful director wow wow very very cool and and so um you are staffing the sterling writers group with working um people people who have credits people who are established in the industry yes. um i i know actually a personal experience of mine i and i think we talked about this on the last uh interview was that I had read tons of writing books before I finally read Blake Snyder's Save the Cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it was really when I read Blake Snyder's Save the Cat that it's, it's, it's like writing a, a script opened up for me, and I really kind of got it. And it, it isn't an accident that Blake Snyder was a successful feature writer. Um, and he he figured out how scripts are written by writing them, yeah. um, and so talk to me a little bit about that, about why it's important to, for you to have people in this writers group who who actually have worked from the ground up. Well, first of all, I have to tell you, um, I really felt that uh, Save the Cat was a really a breakthrough um, book on screenwriting, and I'm so proud of the late Blake Snyder. Um, chance to meet him once. Um, uh, coincidence is his entertainment lawyer is also my entertainment lawyer and the, the 
the lawyer that handles his estate for his books is my lawyer. Wow. Which is really interesting. But um, so, yeah, w um, the truth is, um, failed writers have uh, tapped into this industry and um, blessed them that they have done this in becoming uh, script consultants. They didn't make it as screenwriters, but they, they became script consultants. Really good example. A, um, a guy came to me and he said, um, you're a screenwriter, right? I said, yes. He says, would you help me you know, uh, develop my screenplay? I read a screenplay. I said, it's awful. You're going in the wrong direction. There's no scenes. And I talked to him for a while, and I helped him um, develop his screenplay. Well, the screenplay was really, it got, in, it got in good shape. And he kind of went out with the screenplay and tried to get an agent and get started. And um, he was really discouraged by uh, the fact that it wasn't happening right away. And so I looked up the guy months later and I said, so what's happening with your screenplay? He said, uh, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm actually a script consultant now. Oh, no. Yes. A very successful script consultant. I was like, wow. Wow. So um, I really think it's time to change the landscape of script consulting and um, script mentoring. And I think it's time for aspiring writers to take ownership of their careers by expecting the people that they send their scripts to and they pay their hard-earned money to, to have credentials, to have had some success, to not be nameless and faceless. Um, uh, the people they send your, the people you send your screenplay, you should be able to look them up and say, oh, they've written on these television shows, they've done these movies. Um, I think that's going to change the landscape of screenwriting because what better way to learn um, and be successful but from someone who, who is successful. Um, and I'm writing a movie right now and I'm getting notes from the studio and I'm getting uh, notes from the network and the producers and I'm passing that experience along to people who I'm actually mentoring. In fact, I actually um, uh, take the people that I'm entering to some meetings with me. You know, uh, a, good, a good story is uh, I walked into a, a story meeting. Um, a story meeting is where uh, the producers are giving me notes on my screenplay. Mm -hmm. They're actually ripping me apart. And I brought this woman in who I was mentoring and they, the producers, there were five producers on the project, and they all looked at me, and you know they had a couple successful films like Wedding Crasher and stuff. And they looked at me like, "Who is this person?" I said, "Oh, um, she's learning how to do this. What better way for her to learn how to do this than to see it?" Wow. So, um, for the next four hours, this young aspiring writer saw me just get pummeled with uh, uh, notes and confusion and complaints from <laughs> producers. <laughs> and she saw me, you know, taking notes or not taking notes. 
she saw how I would say, oh, that's, that's a fantastic idea. That was, that's really, and she'd see that I didn't write it down. <laughs> you know, or she'd see how I, I would, uh, someone would say something over here and I'd jot a note of it, you know. And she also took notes from the meeting. And she said that was the most invaluable experience she'd ever had as being an aspiring screenwriter. Now, now um, I know that we talked about, and, and I think I showed you this book uh, on Amazon right now. There's a, a book that says you can make six figures as a script consultant even if you haven't written anything. Um, and uh, I mean, I think that does damage. Yes, it does. Um, and 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 the I'm not saying, and and I and I'm sure you wouldn't say either. It, there there are script consultants out there who are great. I mean I think I think say for instance of Jen Grisanti, um, she's a person who has had so much experience in the business, giving notes, um, seeing shows from the ground up. Uh, I mean Medium and it was was one that that she um, was on from the other end. Um, and so there's absolutely a place for people who know the, um, the, the process so well. Um, yes. But there are also a whole pile of consultants out there who might be giving notes that don't help the script. Right. Yeah, right. Talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, Jennifer Grisanti um, hired me to write on a show. And that show, a uh, very successful show, we had a seven or eight year run, and uh, we sent our screenplays um, to her as a network executive, and she gave us notes back. So she's completely legitimate. Mm. You know, there are people like um, Elisa Pugliese who um, has made four or five films, and she, you know, she's had to put out fires. And we're lucky enough to have her and the, uh, the Sterling's uh, uh, writers group. And, you know, like uh, another, another partner in the writers group is uh, 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 Gary Tisch, who's sold pilots, who's, he was a writer on Medium. He's written uh, countless movies for Lifetime Television. And, you know, when I send my notes or I send, write a screenplay and I want feedback, I send my scripts to my friends who are professional screenwriters, and they give me notes back. I don't send my scripts to my mom, you know. I send my scripts to my friend who who was writing on Touch, or I send my script to my friend who's writing on Castle. Give me some feedback because I know you have the muscle to do it. So yes, there are um, some really good script consultants. But they're far and few between. Our business is dominated, uh, sad to say, by people who have not done it or um, only have one or two credits to the name. Mm -hmm. And so at, at Sterling Writers Group, um, what can you offer somebody who, say for instance, they, uh, they've just written a script and what, can, what are the range of services that they can get from Sterling Writers Group? Uh, well, first of all, in script coverage, I started um, first by researching uh, a lot of script coverage companies, and I saw what they were writing, and I said, this helps doesn't help the writer at all. You've got to be a lot more specific. 
give them a chance to uh, improve their dialogue. Give them a chance. To tell them how what a scene is, or tell them if this 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 story is commercially viable or not. Um, so what we provide is honest uh, feedback from our own experience. You know that we have gathered and garnered over the years as being writers and producers ourselves. Um, so we'll take you at any level. If you're a, very, if you're a beginning writer, um, we'll take you from your first blank page to a completed screenplay, which is sometimes easier because people haven't developed bad habits. I have a couple um, uh, aspiring writers who honestly and truly are so talented, it's unbelievable. But they have bad habits. And I have to I have to work around their talent and break them down and say, stop making these baby mistakes. And I find my talented writers, um, I'm thinking of a couple in particular, are a little lazier because you know, somewhere in the back of their mind, they know they're good storytellers. They know they're good writers, but they don't actually have the proper format. Um, they might be weak in dialogue. They might not know even know how to write a scene, but they're good storytellers and they're brilliant writers. And they're they're this far from being great writers, but you have to you have to break them down. And I say, look. You watch Serena Williams, or you watch, uh, you know, um, Kobe Bryant, and you you watch these pro players, and they're shooting off the wrong foot, they're off balance, they're hitting the ball behind their back, and the only reason they can do that is because their fundamentals are so sound. Mm. You know, you can't start off doing that because you'll never develop a career unless you learn how, what the fundamentals are. Then you can break the rules. And so, um, yeah, we handle uh, writers at all, at all levels, working writers who, who just want some quick feedback, or writers who actually say, you know what, I don't want my, my parents to have to pay $40,000 a year for me to go to film school. <laughs> you know? And um, that's another uh, passion of mine is um, I don't think you have to uh, be from a wealthy family to get information to become good at a craft. Mm. Very, very cool. And, uh, and one of the things that, that you offer through uh, the writers group is also mentoring. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about mentoring and why that should be important to a person's career? Um, well, in the old days, uh, uh, if you wanted to be a chair builder, you sat next to the best chair builder for t for ten years before you got to have a blade in your hand. Because watching uh, was the best hands-on experience, not reading about it. And so, a uh, good example: someone signed up for my mentorship program. Um, I actually audition people. I have them send me some pages. And the reason I have people send me pages is because if I don't truly feel like I can get them there, I won't take them on. I won't mentor them. And also, I interview people because in the past, I've mentored people into stratospheric success who didn't have a lot of morals, 
So it's really important for me that I work with people I like, you know. Um, so I interview, uh, I interview people, I read their writing to make sure I can get there. And then uh, uh, a, a young student of mine, uh, I said, she said, so when do we start? And I said, what are you doing at 4 o'clock today? I have a pitch meeting at a production company. Come with me. And she's like, really? I said, how are you going to learn? Yeah. You know? And she was just blown away. She's sitting there with, you know, a couple famous actors, and she's in a room, and she's like, oh, what have I got myself into? But that's the best way to teach people is throw them in the water and show them what it is really what you do, not reading about what you do, but actually getting there and seeing what you do. Very, very cool. Um, and of course, that that's the benefit of somebody who's actually in Los Angeles, but you do work by Skype if somebody's not in L.A. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I have a wonderful student in Chicago, Sheila. I have a wonderful student in New York, Marie. Um, students in Arizona. Um, but uh, part of my interview process is I ask the person, no matter where you live, um, while I'm mentoring you, are you going to be able to come out to Los Angeles or Hollywood and come to a meeting with me? Whether it's a pitch meeting or a notes meeting, that's really important. Otherwise, I won't take, the, take them on. You don't have to move here, but you have to come see what it's like. Mm. Very, very cool. Well, we are coming uh, toward the end of our time here. I would urge, as I did in the last podcast for everybody, to buy your two books. You can get them at sterlingwritersgroup.com uh, and also from sterlinganderson.writer.com. But both are excellent, excellent books. And uh, also, I urge people to check out the Sterling Writers Group and see if any of the services there are, are something that can benefit you in your scripts. So uh, thanks, Sterling, for... Uh, being on the podcast again, and uh, and I do wish you much. the best of luck. Uh, it's exciting to hear about your your film projects, and and uh, and exciting to hear about this this new company. Well, my great grandmother said, no matter how successful you get, send the elevator back down, so someone else will have the chance. Very very cool. Well, thanks so much, because uh, there's a lot of people who want to ride that elevator up. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Yes, absolutely. Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. Mm -hmm.